Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to pick up where we left off. I don't want to spend a lot of time going over what I did before because we covered a lot of territory and I've still got a lot to cover, okay? So we're just going to jump right into this. Remember again that we are in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13 where the Apostle John is telling us how important the, the, the Spirit's presence and power in our life is. And he says there, by this, remember again, this is God's answer to man's need to see him. And in order for us to fulfill this monumentous task, we need to know some things. We need some things in our life operating in our life. All right, can I say it that way? All right, and so the Apostle John begins in verse 13 by saying that by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Now, we, last time I went and looked at uh, the importance of the spirit in a believer's life and how Jesus said, you know, uh, talked about that in, first of all, in the Gospels, when he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Uh, that was in John chapter 14, when he said, I will give you another helper. Uh, verses 16 and 17, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. And he said, will be in you. All right. And so that was his promise. And remember again that we looked at Acts, uh, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where Jesus said, and you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, he's saying, listen, the reason that you need the Holy Spirit is because you need power. <laughs> okay? You can't do this without power. And so we went on to look at the significance of that. Why did Jesus say that it was so important? We looked at the fact that Jesus, when he began his ministry, he didn't do anything until he was first filled with the Spirit. And remember, right after he was filled with the Spirit, and we looked at this in quite some detail last week, that the first thing that happened was he was led by the Spirit into a, into a confrontation with the devil. All right? And I told you that Jesus didn't go there, you know, with, with kind of like this uh, wimpy attitude of, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to come out of this well or not. Okay? <laughs> he went in there to fight the enemy that had, had done damage at the very beginning. Remember, all things were created by him and for him. So what Satan did was actually destroy and, and, you know, uh, I, I guess ruin a lot of what Jesus had done in what he did in this earth through the fall of man. And so he was out to get him. <laughs> Jesus had been waiting, six, or was it 4,000 years to get back at him? And here he was. So this is that kind of fight. You know what I'm trying to say? It's been a long time coming and Jesus was ready for him. Hallelujah. And so we went and had a look at it, the, the different ways that the devil attacked him. You know, he asked him to turn the, a stone into bread because he was hungry. He had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, all right? And then he took him on the high, you know, the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw yourself off. This will validate your ministry because God will, I know that God won't let you crash to the earth. So, you're, you know, the, the priests are going to look up and go, wow, he must be the Messiah, all right? And that, and that, was, a very, that was a great temptation, right? okay? And then the next thing, when that didn't work, he took him, you know, to a high mountain and showed him all. This is a supernatural thing to be able to show him all of, of the earth and all the, the, the kingdoms of the earth. That's a supernatural. There's no mountain you can see all the kingdoms of the earth from, okay? All right, that was a supernatural thing. And that was the ultimate thing that he could bring against him in that he was saying, listen, if you do this, you don't have to go to the cross. Wow. So the first, the one before it, you don't have to prove that you're the Messiah. The second one, you don't have to die. 
That was a great temptation, okay? And Jesus said, you know, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because he said, you know what? I've had enough of you. And so as he did that, and remember again, we talked about the fact that everything that Jesus uttered out of his mouth was anointed. All right? It came out anointed was what I'm trying to say. All right? Because it all began with the fact that Jesus was filled, filled with the Spirit. He didn't get filled, and then 40 days later, he was empty. All right? He was filled with the Spirit, and he was still full. Hallelujah. And so that's why he had the strength to do what he did and the anointing that was on the words that was necessary to put the devil down. Amen. All right, think of a dog. You know, it just, it's a mad dog. You want to put it down. That, that kind of a thing. All right. Anyway, that, that's just my imagination. All right. And so we, we went and looked at the fact that... Uh, I want to get back to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. <coughs> Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Because this is where we... Uh, I said we'll get back and continue on from. Where following all of this, following his battle with the enemy and humiliating that enemy by the way, all right? It says that then Jesus, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And it was following this that Jesus got to say, in Luke chapter 4 and verses 18 and 19 now, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, here we go. Do you know what he's saying? The same thing that I used to defeat the devil with face to face is the same thing I'm going to use to deliver mankind with. And watch what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Do you see this? Do you understand that that was the same truth that was working in the wilderness? The spirit of the Lord was upon him and he anointed him to speak that word. And we could say in a sense he was preaching to the devil. Okay. <laughs> and the devil had no response. And that's why the first thing that he actually says here, he says, because he has anointed me to preach. Hallelujah. Now, in this case, he goes to say to preach the gospel to the poor. So this doesn't just work on the devil. It works for everybody. Okay. And he says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, watch this. He has been anointed to preach, to heal. And then he says to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. That's, that's natural healing. One was, okay, emotional healing, the brokenhearted. This is natural healing, okay, sight to the blind. And set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is talking about all the deliverances that are going to take place. All those demon-possessed people, all those that are being oppressed by the devil in any way or form, he is going to set all of them free. <laughs> you know why? Because he's got the Spirit and he's anointed. Amen. All right? And so he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He's saying, this is the way it should be. This is acceptable. All the other stuff, when people say, well, I think God's trying to, you know, teach me something because I got this and I got that and this bad thing happened to me. He said, that's all unacceptable. I'm paraphrasing here, but I want to get a point across to you. He said, this is acceptable. And this is how it should be. All right, moving on. In other words, Jesus knew that the same Holy Spirit that helped him overcome the devil was also the one who would help him preach heal, and set people free. All right, again, all those who are oppressed by the devil. Now, regardless of what some people like to believe, and even though Jesus did uh, astound the religious leaders, you know, when he was 12 years old with his wisdom into God's word, the Bible never really tells us that Jesus did any mighty works until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
I, I really want you to uh, receive that family because, uh, you know, people have funny ideas about Jesus. And I don't want to give you any of those stories because then I don't want you to be thinking about them, okay? But we need to go to the Word. We need to go to the Bible to find facts and truth. Amen? Hallelujah. As, as, as much as we like to think certain things, we need to make sure that it lines up with the Word. All right? And when it doesn't, we need to reject those things. Anyway, moving on. And that's the reason why, again, Jesus insisted that his disciples do nothing until they were filled with the Spirit. Now, do you understand this? Jesus knew the importance of having the Spirit in your life. He obviously passed that on to his, uh, his uh, uh, I was going to say apostles, but they were his disciples at the time, to his disciples, of which John was one of them, all right, who would become an apostle later on. And so this was so important because it was important to his master, he knew that it was important for him as well to pass on, especially the incident that's going to take place in Acts chapter 2, which we're going to have a look at, all right, which is going to change his life. In fact, that's coming up next, all right? So, once again, that's the reason why Jesus insisted that his disciples do nothing until they were filled with the Spirit. And which we know finally did take place in that famous upper room, all right, in Acts chapter 2. So, let's go there and have a look at those verses. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Going, when it goes on to say that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all filled with one accord in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly, I mean Acts 2, 2, by the way. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Oh boy, it wasn't quiet when it came down. Okay, this wasn't just a quiet little thing that kind of came down. And they said, do you feel something? I don't know. Do you feel something? I, I think I feel something. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making a joke here. But I, I just, that wasn't it. This was scary. I could almost put it in the scary category, okay? It was a mighty rushing wind. How would you like it? Listen to me. You're indoors. And suddenly, a, a mighty rushing wind comes through. You look out the window, and the trees aren't moving. <laughs> okay? You look inside, and all the furniture is moving around. Would that freak you out? I think that would freak me out a little bit. All right, so anyway, <laughs> okay? And it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Watch it. It filled the whole house. It wasn't just in one corner of the house. The entire house was filled. I really want you to get a, a picture of this. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues. So that wasn't the rushing wind. That was a whole other thing. So I want you to see something here. Not only was this wind happening, but now this starts to happen. You know, it's one of those people that say, now what? <laughs> okay? And it says that there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. You know, usually wind and fire don't work. Have you, have you noticed that? You know, you, you light those candles on the birthday cake, you go past the fan, and they all blow out. Okay, you know, that's what I mean by they don't work together so well. But watch this. This is, a, this is a supernatural act of God. There's this mighty rushing wind filling the whole place up. And then there is this thing that looks like fire. It, isn't, it is fire, but it's a fire of God. Okay, and the wind won't affect it. All right? And it says here, then there appeared to them divided tongues, tongues as of fire. And one set upon each of them. And that in itself would have been freaky. You know, to see this coming down, it divides up and then sits on each person. I wonder if somebody, you know, one of them was kind of going, whoo, 
what is this? <laughs> I don't know if I want that on my head, all right? No, I'm sure they didn't, all right? <laughs> okay, I'm just having a little fun with you. Is that okay? All right, so uh, verse 4, and they were all filled. Watch this, watch this. They were all, this is the whole point of all of this. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? They have now joined Jesus in the way he was when he was filled and he was ready to go do battle because now he was equipped and empowered to do whatever was necessary. Now they are filled. Notice it wasn't half full. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I really like that word filled. All right. And they were all filled. Notice the word all as well. It, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't say, Woo, I don't know about that one. You know, John, you're good. But, you know, that Roche guy over there, ah, <laughs> there are things, you know, I, I don't know if I want to go fill him. No. <laughs> they were all filled. All of them were filled equally. All right? Can I add that word in? With the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you could see a, ma a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality that had taken place. Amen? They were filled with the Spirit and something burst out of them. Do you know what this is? This was what came back following the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, they couldn't understand each other. Languages were all, you know, caused them. That's when all the languages came in, by the way. I believe it's in Genesis chapter 11, somewhere around there. That all the languages came down. It confused them. They couldn't work together as a unity. And now comes the Holy Spirit and brings that unity back. Do you know when we pray in the Spirit, when we speak in the Spirit, we're one together again. Hallelujah. That language barrier is broken. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway, I could preach on that, but I'm going to leave it there. All right? I'll whet your appetite. Maybe if the Lord leads, I'll, I'll, I'll minister on that some other time. In other words, the same power that was, with, that was with Jesus in the wilderness, defeating the devil on every front, was now available to every Christian believer. Hallelujah. And of course, that included the Apostle John, whose life, can I say, on this day was changed forever. You know that he, you know, this, this incident had an impact on his life. In fact, I said it was the turning point of both his life and his ministry, and why he brings it out as the very first thing of importance in a list of things that he, that going to follow, and says again in 1 John 4.13, by this we know. Are you getting this now? I really pray that you're getting a revelation. I haven't finished yet. There's a lot more to go, okay? But I, I hope you're getting a revelation of why he says, listen, by this we know. You know what he's saying? That by this I knew that I was in God and he was in me because of the Spirit. Now he's sharing that with everybody and saying, listen, in the same way that I knew, you need to know that you are in God, God is in you, that you can be God's answer to man's need to see him because of the spirit that is in you. Got it? Amen. All right. So continuing on, what's also important to note here is that even though the Apostle John uses many of the same words that he did in 1 John 3.24, where uh, he said, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Here, it is not by the Spirit, but of the Spirit. Simon J. Kissemacher explains the difference by saying that in 1 John 3.24, the Apostle John states that divine blessings flow to us through the work of the Holy Spirit. Divine blessings flow to us 
through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit pours out God's love to us. Okay, that's found in Romans 5, 5. And reveal that God is living within us because the love he has shed abroad in our heart. Okay? But in verse 13, the verse that we're looking at now, we read that the Holy Spirit himself is God's gift to us and that we are the recipients of it. So not only did the Spirit bring something with him, all right, which is what was brought up previously, but he's saying, listen, that you have the Spirit himself living in you. And you need to be aware, not just that the Spirit brought something into your life, but that he, he himself is there in your life. Did you get that? <laughs> okay, amen. And the way that we know that we are the recipients is that we can now not only be led by the Spirit, hallelujah, that's, that's Romans 8, 14, by the way, but also operate in the gifts or manifestations of the Spirit as well. And that's what I want to look at today, by the way. Remember again that all of this goes back to being of God and born of God, and thus the children of God. And why it makes perfect sense that the Apostle John reminds us here that because we come from God, we do have His Spirit abiding in us. Did you get that? Because we come from God, because we are of God, born of the Spirit, we have the Spirit abiding in us. And what's interesting is that in turn, it confirms that we are also God's children. It's a funny thing. We know because the Spirit is in us that we are God's kids, but the Spirit himself also confirms the fact that we are God's kids. Isn't that interesting? He himself will talk to you, okay, and let you know. And that's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 16, the first half of it, he says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Did you get that? Okay, so not only do we know that we are God's children because the Spirit is in us, but the Spirit that is in us also bears witness with our spirit and lets us know that, yes, you definitely are God's child. <laughs> Amen. Which again opens the door and allows us to be God's answer to man's need to see him. And what's more, not only does the Spirit help us on the inside by confirming that we are God's children, but according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he also helps us show the world that we are God's children through nine very specific gifts or more accurately, manifestations of the Spirit. And that's brought in, in verses 8 through 10. And we're going to look at that very quickly. Where the Apostle Paul writes, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Notice it's through the Spirit. So this is why, again, you need the Spirit. This stuff doesn't work apart from Him. This is not stuff that you go, Oh, I have mental abilities. You know, <laughs> I can read people's minds. And, you know, that's weird. Okay, that's, that, that's, th this happens through the Spirit. And if it is happening through the Spirit, then please don't, you know, attribute it to, uh, you know, your ability. It, you know, you're a psychic and you can read people's minds. And all. Hey, man, it's the Spirit of God. If you don't do right by Him, it will disappear. I will guarantee you that much. All right. Anyway, get, getting back to this. He says again in verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. I'll categorize these and talk, uh, talk to you about these in just a minute. To another gifts of healing. By the same Spirit, now I'm in verse 10, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, I want you to notice something here. There are three power gifts, okay? The first one is faith. This is the gift of faith. I have heard people tell me stories about this gift working in their life 
You know, I, I know one incident uh, in particular where somebody, uh, you know, died, <laughs> okay? And, and the person, you know, one of the congregational members come running up to this minister and says, you need to come, sister so-and-so just died. You need to come and raise her up. My goodness, you need a special faith to do that. Can I just say that? All right, this, that's what this is talking about. It is a gift of faith. And this minister said, he doesn't know what happened. He just went there just out of obedience to God because he said, God, what do I do? And God said, yeah, she shouldn't have died. This is one of those that shouldn't have died. All right, so you go raise her up. And he was thinking, God, I don't know if I got the faith to do that. And God said, I'll look after it. Listen to me. When he got there, he said something came over him and he had faith like he had never had before and hadn't had after that, you know, okay, for, for a while until it was needed again. It's one of those superpowers, okay, <laughs> that just come on you and suddenly you have faith to do stuff that you wouldn't imagine that you would have faith to do because it's a gift. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. Something very special begins to happen and you get a, a faith in you that is able to move mountains. Hello. Amen? Okay. That's one. That's, a, that's called a power gift. Another power gift is the gifts of healings. Both are plural, by the way. There are different gifts and different healings. And that is also one of the manifestations of the Spirit. Another thing that the Spirit of God can do through you, listen, to let people know that He's alive. To satisfy their need to know that He does exist. And that he does care for them. Are you getting this? Remember? God's answer to man's need to see him. That's what we are meant to be. Amen? And so not only do we get, uh, uh, you know, on the inside an assurance, but all of these start to work. People will go, oh yeah, we know God's alive. You know, that's what they said about Jesus. We know God's with you because nobody can do the stuff you do. Okay, that's paraphrasing, but that's what they said, all right? We believe that God's there because, because of what you're doing, all right? Because of the works. That's why, you know, at one point in time, he says, if you don't believe what I say, believe me for the works that I do. Because everybody else was, you know, at least believing him on that level. It's not the best level, but at least it's something, all right? Amen. All right, the other uh, um, power gift is the working of miracles. I mean, you know, there is healings, you know, where you heal people's eyes and so on and so forth. Miracles is when somebody has lost an arm and you pray for them and a whole arm grows out. That's a miracle, okay? And, you know, these three things kind of work together a lot of times uh, in unison. You know, God will give you the faith to, you know, uh, uh, perform miracles of healings and creative miracles is what I call them, such as that. Amen? So these are the power gifts. So do you understand? Do you see now why Jesus said, don't go out and do anything until you're filled with the Holy Spirit? And the Apostle John says, you don't go out and do anything before you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And you need to know that the reason that you can go and do all of these things is because, remember he said, he goes from the facts to us knowing the facts. Us, us being aware of the facts. Amen? Being aware of what is actually working in us and what is there for us. Amen? Uh, so again, we, we're coming back to this where, you know, the Apostle John is saying, listen, here's the, and we've seen three reasons now why the Apostle John says, don't go out and do anything until you're filled with the Spirit. Are you getting this now? Amen? The next thing is you've got knowledge gifts, all right, which are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. These are knowledge gifts. These gifts allow you to see into things. I mean, you know, you, you, know, you might say, oh, discerning of spirits, I don't know what that's, listen, if you are dealing with somebody 
and you suddenly get a, a, a feeling that, that, that that's not the right spirit. They might be even speaking the word of God, but you get a check in your spirit, letting you know that something is wrong. Whatever spirit, remember the devil also knows scripture. Remember that? Jesus, remember we looked at this last week, Jesus had to say it is also written. Amen? So there are, there are some people that can quote the word of God to you, but you know, you just think something is off with this person. That's the discerning of spirit. That is a very powerful thing to have because, you know, you don't want to go sign, put your name on a, a dotted line or sign some contract that's going to then put you in bondage for years and find out later, you know, they might have said all these things, but they were not of God. And you should have never signed that, you know, that document or whatever it is. The discerning of spirit is a powerful thing, okay? Almost, I, I would say as important as, as miracles and all of that stuff because for you, it was going to cause you grief and heartache for years and years to come. That, that's, that's a huge miracle, all right? Another one was, uh, again, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. <clears throat> this talks about, without going into too much detail, this talks about your ability to know things that you shouldn't know. Your ability <laughs> to kind of, somebody's talking to you, and they're saying certain things, and on the inside, you're getting a whole other thing going on. God's talking to you and saying, and that's not true, and that's not true, and they've just twisted that, and you know, blah, 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 and gives you what the real thing is. And you say, are you sure this happened and not that? And their eyes go all big, and they kind of go, how did you know? <laughs> okay? You know, that sort of a thing. Uh, it allows you to be able to see into things, have knowledge about things, so that you can make wise decisions. And you can come up with the right answers. Amen? You need the right information to come up with the right answers, family. And that's what these gifts are. Okay? I call them the knowledge gifts. All right. And following this, there are also three utterance gifts that are brought out here, which are the different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. So all of those require words. <laughs> all right? Uh, the, in, the tongues and interpretation is when God speaks through someone in a divine way, and somebody has to have the ability to interpret that. Now, you know, I've, I've sort of heard of cases, extraordinary cases, where people have said things, and it has been tongues and interpretation, and the people <clears throat> that were actually doing it swore that they were still speaking in English. And so what they interpreted and what they understood that was being said to them was as plain as somebody saying, basically the way I'm talking to you, saying something in English that they totally and, you know, understood very specifically and they knew exactly what to do. That's what we're talking about, okay? Tongues and interpretation of tongues and then prophecy. Oh, I don't want to go into prophecy because it is, that is an incredible gift as well in that not only does tongues and interpretation bring God's word through this, this, uh, uh, you know, this avenue, okay? But, and, and that bypasses their minds as well, by the way. That's the beauty of tongues and inter interpretation, is that God can speak something through you in tongues that you don't have the, uh, the I don't know, the awareness of uh, to be able to express it to someone, but he can do it through tongues, <laughs> okay? So that he can still get the message through you to some, and into this earth to someone uh, in, by using you in that way, all right? But there is prophecy. There is prophecy when you can actually discern what's going on and actually bring it out in, in the language that you speak, whether it's English or some other language, all right, where everybody can understand. That's why the Apostle Paul says, you know, if you want something, uh, you know, more than anything else, uh, you know, aim for prophecy because everybody can understand that. And be, be careful how you use, you know, tongues and interpreta interpretation of tongues 
Because if you have a new believer in there, they'll just freak out. <coughs> okay? Amen. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying uh, when there are new believers, prophecy is better. All right. But I want you to, the, the, okay, the point being in all of this, and I'm going to bring this to a conclusion, the point being in all of this is that not only does the Spirit of God let you know in no uncertain terms that you are God's child, that you are God's answer to man's need to see him, but also on the inside, but also from the things that he does on the outside through you, lets people know in no uncertain terms, and you, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that you are that answer in so many other ways as well, that you can bring miraculous things into people's lives as a result of the Spirit of God uh, and his ministry in your life. Did you get that? Do you now understand why the very first thing that the Apostle Job, John brings out in his list is the Holy Spirit. He says, listen to me. It was the thing that Jesus said was most important to us. I'm going to tell you the same thing. It is most important to you. And be aware of what he can do in you and through you. And also for you. Okay? The for you part is him confirming that you are God's child. Now, the reason, that, let me just share one more thing with you. The reason that I call them the manifestations rather than the gifts, because in the original it actually says manifestation, is a better translation but the thing is that you need to understand that it isn't a gift that, you know, you, uh, even though it may seem to indicate this, it's not what it actually seems, uh, what it seems to be saying and what it's actually saying are two different things. Okay, sadly we have, you know, these translations, they're English, they don't always get everything right. There are, there's just so much depth in the original language. Uh, and it's really sad that we, we really don't know how to bring it across in, in English. But let me just share this with you very quickly. The reason that I always like to uh, um, refer to these as the manifestations of the Spirit is because the same Spirit inside of you can manifest Himself nine different ways. You decide and determine how you allow Him to manifest Himself through you. And in you allowing Him to do that, then He will give you severally as He wills. <laughs> okay? So it's a kind of two-sided thing. Not only do you need to be okay with Him moving through you, but then He will decide what gifts that are actually necessary for that time. Because you might say, well, Holy Spirit, I think uh, I need prophecy here. And he says, no, right now you're going to need uh, a working of miracles. <laughs> okay, and then your face goes pale. You go, why? What? <laughs> no, what's coming? Hey, 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 just let him do his thing. And you just be available to do whatever he tells you to do. Amen? Amen. But remember again, it's God working with us. He doesn't work apart from us. He works with us. That's why you need to give permission as well, family. Uh, and, and don't ever underestimate that. So many people do, sadly. All right, so this is what, so let's conclude. So this is what the Apostle John operated in and what made him God's answer to man's need to see God and why he says again, as we conclude in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13, by this we know. Did you see it? Are you in that place now? I hope you can say the same thing. I hope you can say, by this I know. Okay, that I abide in him. I'm changing this to I now. Okay, that I abide in him and he abides in me because he has given me of his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. When we come back next time, we'll continue on to verse 14 where the apostle John is going to say, we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. This is the next fact the next revelation that you need following the revelation of the Spirit's presence in your life.
Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. Once again, we thank you, Father, for this incredible revelation that we have received. We thank you for the Apostle John and all that he shared.